Welcome to the TN of the Year Podcast. I'm Leland Steele. And I'm Moby. Well, we made it, Leland. Hey, another another year, another year under our big overflowing belts. Yes, another year of quasi out of COVID. And, you know, we at the beginning of the year, I thought like things would be completely normal now. And they mostly are, except for the medical system being completely fucked. But yeah. <laughs> oh, and a giant war in Europe. True. I think uh, both those things have always been fucked. We're just hearing about it a lot more now. Yeah. But you know what isn't fucked? Big news. Big news, listener. So, after years of slogging it out in the depths of metaphorical hell, not real hell like in our old co-host, Leland Seal, because he's too bashful perhaps to bring this up on his own, he has given notice, a short 16 weeks notice at work (laughs) that he will... (laughs) That he will... No longer be working there in order to pursue his goals of a somewhat beyond a visa stay in Holland, perhaps, and his podcast career. Is that not right, Leland? That is correct. Uh, The day I uh, started at that place, I gave 16 years notice, and it's about come due. So I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to leave. But yes, I have. I have given notice. I've been uh, in my emplacement employment for like 15 years, and uh, I have the opportunity to to pursue this stuff uh, full time. So we're gonna try. We're gonna make a go of it and see what happens. Yeah, and and legitimately, you know, myself and your other friends are so happy for you because you're right. You kind of have a probably literally once in a lifetime opportunity that. You know, if you can make this work, spend full time on your branding and podcasting, you probably have a few years to do it. Like you've got some serious time. So it's awesome. Yeah, it's a it's a great opportunity. Uh, it's it was it's a scary decision to make, but I'd be stupid not to not to seize it, honestly. Yeah. Well, and you know what? Rare. This is very rare around Christmas because usually Christmas you turn into like an ornery beast. Like you're, <laughs> you're like the Conan Krampus. But this year you have so much surplus holiday cheer. I have an idea. And my idea is that it's end of the year anyways. Let us channel your like very rare positivity into a seance. And let's see if we can get Ghost Marty to join us on this end of your podcast. I mean, we can give it a shot, I guess. I'm not sure how it's, it's going to work. Um, but hell, okay, I'll, I'll, get, I'll, I'll try, I'll try. Okay, well, it sounded like you're about to give it a hard pass, so, but... We can, <laughs> Look, for you, we can like you said, it's the holidays. For you, I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. You better not shout. You better not yell. You better not pout or he'll drag you to hell. Go smarty is coming to Earth. To Earth. Hello? To Earth. <laughs> Did it work? And I'm <laughs> Marty. <laughs> you know, I could hear you guys from the bowels of hell. And oh. I just wanted to say we're not all happy for you, Leland. I don't want my <laughs> friends to be happy. I am in hell. <laughs> yeah. that's not fair you're very jealous uh yeah <laughs> yeah you you you've been there for a while now you're like you know i thought this was going to be a beachfront vacation 
no snow sounded good to me. A few years in here, yeah, it's not good. I mean, the the, mo- the more important question out of all this, uh, you know, livelihood aside, is that is Leland finally going to get a PS5? <laughs> yes. Sometime soon in the new year, yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. He's singing praises from the other side for the PlayStation 5. It is funny that you bring that up because this we 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 usually do a, a end of year roundup and we usually do have all the segments. We're gonna free ball this one a little more. Uh, pants are off, flapping in the wind here. <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of banter, but we're also gonna kind of inject some of our resolutions for for the for our hobbies here as well for for 2023. And honestly, for video games, like my 23 resolution is to stay current. <laughs> In, in the fucking real in releases, like I'm just so behind on so much. Uh, you're never gonna catch up. Uh, no, I won't catch up. So I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to just cut some of the raff from the past like six years and just focus on everything in 2023. Uh, no. I mean, there's so much I want you to play. <laughs> like you need to play some of it. You know, like you never played Elden Ring. You didn't play Elden Ring. I know. I need Elden Ring, Ragnarok. Um. Uh, I, I mean, I want to try Calypso Protocol or whatever the shit that thing's called, but I heard we, medium middling things about it. I don't know what to think, but yeah, there's there's some stuff there. I think we should get into maybe later. Um, but yeah, uh, there's lots, lots, lots to catch up on. And then 2023 is insanity. So yeah, good luck. That's all I gotta say. At least you'll have a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing but time. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, you guys kind of touched on on the format here today. I mean, it's not going to be the usual format of throwing formal segments around. I mean, we're basically going to shoot the shit of bantering about all topics that we usually touch on. You know, I've got a little bit prepped for movies and TV, but um, you know, nothing nothing really too too formal there. So should be fun. I mean, I've got a small banter here that I don't think is connected to anything later that I, I did want to slip in, which is friend of the show and dare I say, friend in my life, uh, Eric Petey, um, former uh, guest host on the show. Um, as you guys know, if you remember Eric's experience, uh, he he and also his wife are quite high up in the uh, Hollywood animation industry. They work on a lot of A, AAA uh, movies and whatnot. But Eric's Eric directed a movie back in 2008 called Helix. And I randomly found that when I was on his IMDb and him and I just happened to be chatting on Discord and I watched it on Amazon because it's free with Prime. And yeah, it's an indie movie, but I actually thought it was very entertaining. Like I was not bored at all. I thought that the special effects, I mean, they were fine because it was him and his wife that did it. They're talented normally. So they just, I mean, yeah, they worked for free, but they knew what they were doing. Um, It takes place in Vancouver, which is really cool. Because you basically see Vancouver, but with like some graphics overlays and map paintings and whatnot to make it appear like post-apocalyptic. Uh, it had a homeless man fishing for seagulls from the top of like the HSBC building, which highly realistic. I mean, you could probably see that tonight. If you were to drive downtown. <laughs> Wait, what, what is the plot for this film? <laughs> So, so basically there's been some sort of apocalyptic thing that's gone on and the only part of Vancouver that's like normal with all the high rises that we know about right now and like the nice condos is like the center, like downtown by False Creek. 
and everything across false creek is kind of like the wastelands where like poor people live and have to like scavenge and around all of that is a wall protecting from whatever is outside i don't really think it gets into what happened or what's outside but the story is uh there's a cop he's like a mall cop basically like he's hired to basically walk around just the inside of the wall and stop scavengers played by played by eric's brother mark and eric's other brother's a cinematographer he's actually high up in cinematography now in hollywood eric sent me a few titles of his movies that he's worked on with like lots of legit hollywood actors he's a cinematographer but anyways the police character he catches a guy who is like the political enemy of the of the uh, mayor and so the mayor is a reward makes this guy like a real cop in like the downtown core but he finds out that the cops of the downtown core are like totally corrupt and like killing random people and stealing and stuff like that so he's kind of like a moral white knight he goes against them he has to fight like the uh well and the mayor ends up being corrupt as well surprise surprise but he ends up you know having to expose this conspiracy between the mayor and the, like the the uh core city cops and you see a lot of stuff like a lot of places in vancouver you would recognize apparently like eric had no permits so we're gonna do a voice chat over christmas he's gonna tell me he says all these crazy stories about like avoiding real cops trying to shut down his production and whatnot oh cool sounds fun yeah yeah, like the gorilla filmmaking yeah and one of his actresses in it she actually became famous well maybe not famous like if i were to mention her name he isn't gonna be like who but she was the main supporting character in the rocks like tower of inferno movie like there's a character that speaks like three languages and uh she's she's like the main partner of the rock in that movie so um, that's kind of cool she kind of hit it big but um yeah eric it was interesting because i was like well if you have no money because he kept saying you have no money i'm like how do you hire actors at all and he's like oh well you just go to the union and you negotiate a rate with a union which is like i don't know you pay people like 50 dollars a day literally but he's like people want to get an imdb for an official movie so like no-name actors like line up around the block want to work for nothing for peanuts to just get their foot in the industry and you know it's like hey bring your own clothes like you're this person go make your own costume bring your own shit and it's like do your own makeup and show up and wow and be in a movie so i think every uh i think every industry is like has that level like that lower level right like so many do that just so many people want to get into it, they'll they'll literally be like a gopher on set, and all you know they'll they'll sit down and code for fifteen hours a day just to get a chance to to move up and work on something that they actually want to get their hands on. Or or do the T Hud podcast. Let's not lie about where we are in the total. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I sorry. I- I've looked at her Patreon recently. We're way up there. <laughs> Look, being the bottom of the totem pole is actually good because it's it's it works the other way. Being on the bottom of the totem pole is better than being on the top. The more important things get on the on the bottom of the totem pole. That is a fact, and that saying is backwards. So sorry, thank you. But um, I actually don't think in all this talk that I've actually mentioned the name of the movie. Maybe I did, but just to be sure, the movie's called Helix. Once again, Helix will stop talking about it. Amazon Prime. It's streaming everywhere. Uh, 4.99. 
see it in theaters. When did it come out? Like 20 years ago? Yeah. It's, 2008. It's, it's been yeah. re released into theaters now. They're really hurting. Uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, after this promotion, after listener hears this. <laughs> A ringing Moby endorsement. I mean, that comes with some weight there, Ghost Marty. Come on. Speaking of Amazon Prime, I'm pretty sure I watched Barbarian on Amazon Prime uh, last month. I think it. Marty, when, how, where, where did you watch Barbarian? Because you 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 watched it before uh, I did, right? I think we rented it. Yeah, I think I think I must have paid for it. I think it was on Amazon, but I had to pay four ninety nine or something like that. Oh, maybe yeah, maybe maybe that's the same with me. Um, although I do have a subscription to Shutter through Amazon Prime, which is like a horror movie streaming specific thing. So maybe I got maybe it was like because of because I had that I got to to watch it. But uh, yeah, Barbarian was really cool. A lot of I heard a ton of like only positive things about it from some uh, some horror podcasts that I have started listening to recently. And I mean, I think it lived up to it. It has a really it had a really great cast. Very, it's like it's like a fun horror. It's not a scary horror movie, really. I don't know how much I really want to spoil about it because it's good. It's it's one of those movies that's probably best if you know nothing about it before you watch it. But Really good, really great cast that the casting itself is just obviously so purposeful to to set the viewer's expectations and then subvert them, right? Uh, I think it does a really great job job on that. And yeah, it was just kind of like a short and sweet, weird, <laughs> fun horror movie. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, it's oddly funny. Mm-hmm. It, and it's not like a, intended to be a comedy horror, but it has that like perfect balance of just a little bit of levity. And it, I mean, you have to have the right mindset to find it funny. I'm sure. I'm sure other people would be disturbed by it, but there's yeah, some maybe. Stuff, there, <laughs> there's some stuff in there that had me laughing. Yeah. <laughs> I always use my wife as a bit of a litmus test for how scary maybe like the average moviegoer might find a horror movie because she hasn't watched as many and she's a little bit more like she's not desensitized yet. And she was a little bit, like, freaked out after that, I think. A lot of the scenes where there's, oh. like, d- dark hallways and, like, okay. that that kind of stuff. Like, they do a really good job with light in the film, I found. And you don't spend too much time in those scenes, right? It's not, like, the bulk of the movie, but, like, I think that makes them more impactful, too. It's very... The whole movie is quite atmospheric, honestly, and there's very few set pieces in it, right? Like, they make they make do with a lot of... Um, they make a lot with a little... Yes. And that's funny you say that because, like, Emma hates anything horror. Absolutely hates it. And huh. I was thinking, like, I think she could probably watch this one and might like it. But if Ariel, if it's too much for Ariel, I think it'll be too much for Emma. I feel like there's that weird line, right? Like, um, I'll, I'll hear that from her that she wants to watch a horror, but then when we're halfway in, I can tell that she's like, fuck, I, I shouldn't have pulled the trigger on this. It's <laughs> <laughs> But especially if she's invested, she's like, "I now I have to finish it, but I really don't want to." But there's there's very yeah. specific things that are are triggering for her. Like she can't see an animal die, so like if an animal dies for any reason, it just destroys the whole movie. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's much better if like anything else happens. But it, there's yeah certain levels of violence and like the just certain disturbing things because um yeah and Barbar- barbarian had a few of them. Yeah, true. <laughs> we recently watched uh, Smile. Oh, really? How was Ooh, that? I'm interested. In yeah, that. it's actually really good. I really liked it. I 
it cleaned up at the box office and they weren't originally going to put they weren't originally going to put that one in theaters either really? that was originally going to just go to streaming and then the last minute they made a decision i think it was going to go to paramount and then i think the last minute they made a decision put it in theaters and made like hundreds of millions of dollars they nailed the viral marketing on it for sure yeah 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 they're really good job yeah because it, it's good did they show just enough then in in the marketing Compared to what you get in the film? Because, I mean, there's some freaky shit in some of those trailers for that movie. Uh, yeah, see, I don't think I watched a trailer. I just saw that there was uh, always these people everywhere smiling. Like, I just yeah. saw, saw that stuff. And it, so I, it was always in the kind of the back of my mind. But I never watched the trailer. So I didn't, I only, I only like, knew what happened because of maybe, like, I saw a 30-second synopsis somewhere of, like, the the first little bit so yeah it, it's i'm not sure if it lived up to the trailers or not but it's um it's a good movie i was pleasantly surprised by it it's i would say thematically and in, in kind of the way it works it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of it follows and a little bit of drag me to hell okay but not not necessarily tonally, but just like in terms of like maybe story structure. And again, like they did a pretty good job with casting. I thought for the most part they did re- like everyone was well well suited. Um, it's not it's not a heavy CGI film, but there is a bit, and I thought some of it was kind of whatever. Um, you know the the little bit of showing a bit too much maybe at the end of the film. They maybe did that. I thought, but. Other than that, they they did a good job, and it's uh, consistently spooky throughout. I actually own it because it was only a dollar more to buy it than rent it. What? Yeah. (laughs) That's nuts. You know, oh, another really, speaking, now we're on this horror trap. I recently uh, rented uh, Orphan First Kill. Oh. It was was a 99-cent rental on Amazon. Like, how could I not? How was that? It was good, man. That wow. is a great little franchise. Because, I mean, are you a fan of the original Orphan? Yeah, yeah. It was good. Um, they do, they did a lot of, because it's it's a prequel too, right? Yeah, and the and the actress is like twenty years older now. Exactly. So in the original Orphan, like a decade plus ago, she was like twelve years old and did a phenomenal job as a child actor, like insanely good in that first film. She's come back. She's she was stoked to to play Esther again in in a sequel prequel, and yeah, they nailed it because they they did so they didn't they didn't like de age her with CGI or anything. They just went they went with practical de aging through makeup and uh, trick shots. Uh, like every time you know they they bring in a body double and shoot her from behind. Every time you need a perspective of like a small kid with an adult kind of thing and, and that kind of stuff, right? Okay. So they did a lot of a lot of tricks that it's believable enough where you can still enjoy it and it's not it won't it, for me at least it didn't completely remove me from buying into it because already it's a pretty nutty premise to buy that this it's 30 fucking, something it's year old woman insane. is posing right, exactly, right? <laughs> is posing as a, as a 12 year old and lashing herself onto family. So yeah. essentially an orphan first kill, you see her how she became Esther, which she's Esther in the original orphan, right? And gets adopted and that stuff. So you, so you see it and it's, 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 it's interesting. Um, it's got some really great kills in it. Uh, it, there's a, there's a beautiful twist, like right near into the third chapter of it that really turned the movie on its head and, uh, was fairly unexpected for me. And, and then it just, it just makes the movie 
not just another sequel. So I, I, they did a great job with it. I mean, I it was cool. I would recommend seeing it too. If you like the first one, you're going to love this one. Okay, I definitely will because I really like the first one. Oh man, I'm I'm looking up pictures and you you are so right. Like there, there's a picture of her, you know, without makeup with her normal hair. I guess I I'm not familiar with the actress. I guess her name's like Isabel Furman, like you said, but yeah, she looks 30. I mean, she looks good, but she looks she looks, you know, right around 30 and with this makeup on, you're right. Like they're taking Man, maybe she doesn't look 12, but they're taking like a solid like 12, 15 years off her. Yeah, I think uh, for ha- Halloween and I think Halloween in 2020, she dressed up as Esther and was like social media and po- like pictures of her dressed as her character for Halloween and stuff. So it's like she's super into it, loves the role apparently. And if she looks 30 without all the makeup, I think she's in her 20s right now. <laughs> like I think she's like le- lo- oh. younger than 25. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> I mean, she looks good, but there's 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 a little bit of mileage on there. Um, she looks good. Damn, dude. Now I just sound mean. Jeez. <laughs> I know, and I'm I'm usually the the good one with older. Well, maybe she's. <laughs> yeah, you you're usually the cougar hunter. <laughs> I'm usually the cougar hunter, so I I don't know my I don't know my. Uh, <laughs> Maybe you case. you should be the one in hell because you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I well, I sound distracted because I'm trying to go to IMDb to see how old she is. Okay, so born in 1997. So you're right. She's yeah, uh, she's like mid twenties. All right. Well, that was uh, the T Hud podcast. <laughs> that's that's been our review of Orf- <laughs> that's been our review of Isabella Firma. Firma. <laughs> Yeah, we don't review the movie. We review the person That's behind the movie. Leland, Leland gave her a seven, as per usual. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Esther gets a nine. <laughs> Eight point five. You guys seen that uh, trailers for that new movie, Megan, about that AI yeah. like, doll? It that... looks not good. <laughs> it doesn't look great. But I do wonder, like, is Megan CGI or is she an actress? I can't actually tell. Or like. CGI face. I mean, I think it's supposed to look like they're they're purposely making it looking look off putting, right? Like that's that's part of the shtick of the film. Clearly, uh, you're supposed to be unsettled. It's supposed to be this uncanny valley thing because it's supposed to freak you out. The AI going nuts is supposed to scare the shit out of you, right? So I don't know, but like the trailers are so off putting that I don't even want to watch it because I can't even look at the fucking thing, <laughs> right? Like it's so weird. Okay. So Megan is played by like some super young actress and then, yeah, digital face and like an adult's voice. So there you go. No wonder it looks off-putting. It's like made of three people. Well, two people and a robot. Leland, you were telling telling me about um, the new Chucky series as well. Yeah, I have yet to watch it. You haven't watched you haven't watched it yet. No, I think I think like the second season has just come out too. It has There's two seasons. Of it. Yeah, and apparently that like blends together um, child, like the 
bride of Chucky and like the like seed of Chucky and all that stuff. It's 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 all one continuity. Every single Child's Play film, that entire franchise, yeah. and the TV series is all one continuity because <laughs> it's always been under the helm of Don Mancini. Yeah, like he's always been a part of it, and eventually, like he writing it, and then eventually he started. I think his he directed Seed. I think was his first one he directed. If I'm, and then like, um, what was the one after that? There was one, the one between Seed and Cult of Chucky. What the fuck was it? I don't know, but like that one, I forget what it's called. But it was like, uh, like he brought it back to basics almost. Like he made he he essentially made like a haunted house film, like horror film with Chucky as the the presence in the house. Really cool. Brought in, um, why am I blanking on the voice actor for Chucky? Ugh. Mark Hamill? No, 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 for Chucky. It's not Mark Hamill. <laughs> that was the most sneering, it's not this person <laughs> that I think I've ever well, heard. What, it's not Mark wasn't Hamill. it Mark Hamill in the reboot? Yeah, it was. Uh, yes, it was Mark Hamill yeah, in the reboot. Okay, yeah. my apologies, but uh, you weren't okay. far off. You weren't far <laughs> off. <laughs> Brad Dourif. Brad Dourif, yeah. So his, his daughter, Fiona Dourif, is now in this series. And does a phenomenal job because in cult of Chucky, she got possessed by Chucky. So she's doing her best. She's, she's acting as Chucky as her dad, right? Like it's this crazy mess. So she's doing like an amazing Brad Dourif, oh, wow. uh, um, impersonation as Charles Lee Ray as Ch- like, it's, a, it's crazy layers. And I've heard nothing but great things about the series. Like I really want to watch the series, but it's on, um, it's on like an exclusive random s- streaming freaking platform. I don't even know which, which one it is. So I think eventually I'll just like, I'll, I'll probably just like buy or rent both of the seasons so I can just blitz through it eventually. Yeah. I'm trying to find where it even is right now. I'm not sure. I think um, I think through Amazon Prime because you know Amazon Prime has a bunch of different other subscriptions that you can like like Stack TV and all that weird shit. Yeah, I think you can get it through Amazon Prime. You could like, I could probably just get like a month free of whatever the platform is through Prime and and blitz through it. I'm sure. Yeah, it's a Sci-Fi Network production, but I'm not sure about their uh, distributor. It says uh, it's through NBC. Hmm. Uh, that the film you were thinking of was Cult of, Ch- or uh, not Cult, Curse of Chucky. Curse, thank you. Yeah, it was something of Chucky. <laughs> of Chucky. That's how you make a Chucky movie. It has to be something of Chucky. Rage of Chucky. <laughs> Dream of Chucky. I mean, honestly, ever since Bride, that's that's how it's been, yes. <laughs> as soon as they dropped the Child's Play moniker, yeah, it, it became of Chucky. Because, like, Ch- I don't know, it's, it's, like, Chucky's always been the star, right? But the kid and the like, the child like Andy Barkley was really been the star, and, and and the 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 kid who played Andy Barkley in the original ones, who is back, who is who was in back uh, back uh, for a cameo, post credit cameo at the end of Curse, and was in um, Cult, and is now in the series. Like they're literally bringing everybody back, and they even brought in the series, I believe, um, the actress that played his foster sister in Child's Play Two. Which Child's Play Two is a for sure highlight. Child's Play Two and Bride of Chucky are like the best uh, movies in that original five. And then when he kind of did this like soft reboot with Curse and Cult, like Cult is a really fun movie. It's super cool because in Cult you get a bunch of Chucky's because now he can split his soul and possess a bunch of different dolls. And I think that <laughs> is like a through line through the 
and a major plot point going on in the TV series too. Huh. So it's 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 pretty cool. <laughs> like it's like if you just like Chucky, you you're you're gonna get a lot of Chucky, and it's pretty awesome. So. <laughs> In some ways, it's kind of starting to sound like maybe the ultimate horror franchise. It's like, it's so, it seems like it's so focused. Like, there's actually a vision. Yeah. So moving into Child's Play 2, this multiple Chucky thing was actually something that Don Mancini wanted to do in Child's Play 2, but they didn't have the funding. Or was it three? Two or three. One of the ones that was like this big, huge thing that he had, you know, this plan that he had like 30 years ago. That he's finally getting to be able to do. Uh, I think Child's Play One came out in '88, so it's like as old as is as old as as I am. Wow. That's old. Oh, so old. Yeah, <laughs> we're 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 old men now. And I think the I think the reason the uh, a little more difficult possibly to find the streaming thing is because it's like uh, a USA Today thing. So I don't know what. I think there's a lot more streaming, little tiny streaming services more readily available in the States than, than in Canada, which yes. could be, a, could be a, a reason behind that. You know, just, just to throw in something I noticed about myself in 2022 with new shows that came out, with the exception of Andor, with the exception of Cobra Kai, and with the exception of Obi-Wan, which I believe was, was early 2022. Those are the only series, even limited series, I was able to stick with the entire year. I tried Willow, I tried Lord of the Rings, but I just felt, and some others, but I just didn't feel sticking power. I didn't feel anything this year hooked me. I don't know if you guys felt that at all, or it's just a one-off for me, but it was really hard to stick with something this year. Yeah, I'm certainly... I don't know if picky is the word, but I, I feel like I go into a TV show and I'm like thinking, all right, I'm 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 planning to invest time in it. I don't, I very rarely just check one out randomly. I almost like do my due diligence and go, okay, this has got some reviews. I want to plunk down some time. I'm planning on finishing it. And yeah, I've, I didn't finish Cobra Kai <laughs> after we watched it. I still haven't seen it. And, uh, yeah, like, I, same thing, Moby, Lord of the Rings, did not finish, uh, got maybe one or two in, didn't finish, did not try Willow, because I, I'm not invested, I wasn't invested in Willow, I don't think I ever watched the original. I, the only, think maybe new series that I was invested in might be the new Game of Thrones prequel. Mm. Yeah, that was probably the big one, and I really like that. I'm 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 very pleasantly surprised by how that's gone and how I think it's going to go for the the duration of the series. So, uh, you know, a bit of a return to form for that fallen franchise, in my opinion. And uh, otherwise, yeah, everything else I watched has been something that either I've seen before and I just uh, started watching it with my wife, or something that was. Uh, Maybe like a very the odd thing that had been ongoing, like uh, Better Call Saul. We watched that when it. Yeah, I was just about to bring that up. Actually, the only other thing that I think just came out that I've seen a few episodes of sporadically is uh, Wednesday, and I actually like it. I just haven't sat down and watched it in in continuity. I've been watching the odd episode that uh, my wife has seen. Is that the Adams Family show? Yes. Yeah, w- with Jenna Ortega. It's great, dude. It's really good. Apparently, it's a smash hit. Apparently, it's like the number one streaming. She's thing. really good. That's 
Wednesday. Oh, oh man, she's goodness. Uh, if you, if she's she's also great. How old? She's also great in a recent horror. Movie. She is old enough for me to say that. <laughs> but she's also great in a recent horror movie X. Ah, I see that too. That was good. That's a great movie. X is an awesome movie. Have too. you seen Pearl? I have not. The I prequel. really want to. I yeah. almost rented that too. I almost yeah. rented that one. Yeah, man. We don't talk very we we don't talk very often anymore, do we? <laughs> no, but we still we still continue to watch the same shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I want to like introduce you guys so you can be friends. <laughs> yeah, well, we might we might end up being best friends. <laughs> you might you might. Can we just become off. best friends? <laughs> <laughs> well, if if only you had spare time to hang out. Oh goodness. When, yeah, I really liked Wednesday. It's like in the line of the chilling adventures of Sabrina or whatever. And um, which I enjoyed the first couple of seasons of that, but it's much better than Sabrina. It is much better. I would say it it feels very much like a very well done Harry Potter TV series because it's like it's got that same kind of uh, like school for misfits vibe. If it, it, it has that template, but it doesn't like I don't know. It doesn't really borrow from it. I guess in in a way, it just it's it's just that kind of like misfit school like i'm sure I'm, i haven't seen umbrella academy but maybe it has a bit of that i don't know mm, not not really i mean it is a tim burton project and you definitely like it's not it's like it's like good tim burton it's not it's it like is. edward scissorhands t- tim burton and like the batman tim burton it's not too much tim burton uh so it's so like it's enough where you feel like oh yeah if if someone told you and says hey this is tim burton by the way you're like oh i see it but you're not smashing the face with it, which yes. is like peak, peak Burton, honestly. Yeah. Peak Tim Burton. You can feel his fingerprints on it, but it doesn't feel like he's uh, yeah. grip, gripping the reins tightly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, uh, Christina Ricci, who originally played uh, Wednesday in the 1990s Adams Family movies, which uh, those movies still hold up, by the way. Go and seriously watch the first two. She is so fucking sardonic in those movies. It's just, she makes those movies and it's just so fucking funny watching it as an adult. Like rewatching as an adult versus a, remember what you remember as a kid, just so good. Uh, but she she comes she's in the series. She has a role in the series, uh, which is great to to see her back and kind of in the world. Um, yeah, but it's very popular and uh, it's it's a good watch. I was very surprised at how much I, I I liked it. It's currently the second most popular show on Netflix. Yeah, that's crazy. That's nuts. You know I. I do want to at some point drill into a couple of the points that I prepared for this movie musing segments because I know we want to talk, you know, video games and stuff too. And we don't have to spend a lot of time on any of these points, but in order, let's maybe just go in order and talk about them for like a couple minutes each. Lord of the Rings, super expensive, seemed divisive with critics and fans, but you know, it was like a billion dollars to make it, like the first season. And my question for you guys is, is this just a vanity project for, like, Jeff Bezos? Or could have this show actually succeeded somehow and made money? Oh, I think for sure that they thought it was going to make like, be a smash success. I mean, why else would you buy the rights to some the franchise like that? It's the same reason Disney bought Star Wars, right? Like, to have the license to have that kind of franchise. I mean, it's a little different for Disney because they literally own the franchise. But um, to like be able to, to make a Lord of the Rings property when that was, you know, it's coming off the, the trail of uh, you know, Game of Thrones a few years back and a few other big fantasy series that have been 
you know, I, well, Amazon themselves produced Wheel of Time. Um, you know, they're they're a, they're aiming for the big one, which is Lord of the Rings. The problem is, is they're it's been done, so they have to do something new. And but they can't because they actually don't have all of the IP. They have certain portions of the IP, which there is a ton of material that they cannot legally touch, which does mean that they have to rehash. All of the same shit we've already seen in the movies with all of the same characters and they can't give us... They can say some names, but we can't see them on screen. We can't explore, you know, their stories um, like Morag or whatever the heck Sauron's mentor's name is, right? That's the shit I want to see because I don't care about Sauron anymore. Well, hold on a sec. I didn't know that was the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, really? They, it's, like, it's like they have the rights to... What was it? They, it's it, Essentially, they have the rights to like footnotes or like glossaries or some shit. So there's there's still just so much content that they actually cannot touch. Wow. That I think I think it showed in the project. And again, I've only I have only seen the first three episodes of it. I too fell off watching it, uh, like 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 you two did. It just it didn't grab me uh, quickly enough. And again, it was at the time competing directly with House of the Dragon, which did grab me, and I did finish, and I had and, and thoroughly enjoyed as well. So I don't know. Maybe it redeemed itself by the end of the season. Obviously, I can't really speak to that since I haven't seen it. But what I have seen and what I've heard, again, uh, like you said, Moby, like fairly controversial, I suppose, with a lot of different people uh, as far as quality. <laughs> but I, I agree with like the Vanity Project. And I mean, it's, it is a bit of both, though, right? Because like, like you said, Marty, Mar like, yeah, of course, they, they want they're wanting and expecting and putting all these resources in it. So it will be a, a ridiculous hit. And maybe it was with a, with a few people, but like, is that how often can Amazon take a hit like that? You know, like how 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 many more of these things can they do before they realize, well, shit, we better not do that anymore. Well, about a hundred trillion dollars worth. <laughs> okay, so we're, we're fine. We got ten more seasons, ten more shitty seasons of Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power season one through ten to go through. <laughs> So one of the other things I just I'm just curious. This is really quick. Either of you guys seen Top Gun two yet, or is that still only a Moby movie? No, I'm not. I I'm just happy, listener. Final tally as of like a couple days ago, uh, one point four eight eight billion dollars at a at the box office. Billion with a B. Wow! So, Holy proud of fuck, it. man. Yeah, one point four eight eight billion. Jesus. So one thing. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, I just... Uh, yeah. I don't have a reason other than to <laughs> say it just... <laughs> like, I don't get it. It was a movie that, like... The, well, the first one was really popular, too, because it's like date night. Guys really want to see it. You have nostalgia from the 50-plus crowd. And it was a movie that, like, they always say, oh, that's a movie you have to th see in the theater. You knew you had to see Top Gun in the theater if you at all were, like, truly interested. Like, in the spectacle of... Tom Cruise and friends actually in jets, you know, flying around. So I think that was kind of the first real post-pandemic success story. There was another movie that I think came out earlier too that that did well this year, but which somehow I forget. But um, yeah, Top Gun definitely it did way more than I I thought it would. But from movie successes, and this is my last point that I have for for movie musings. To movie failures, Batgirl canceled, Superman 
Cavill, he's in. He's tweeting. I'm back. I'm back. I'm wearing the cape. Tweets yesterday. Might have been the day before, but I think it was yesterday. You know, no, I, I'm not wearing the cape anymore. It was a good ride. I was told by DC to come out, say that I'm back. And it just seems really awkward. Like, what the fuck is going on with DC, guys? DC Films. What's going on? It's the same shit. It's the same shit that's been going on for the past 15 years. <laughs> like, it's the same crap. It's just a different fucking day. Same shit, different day. They're, they're, so what what happened with them is they brought on a guy, I forget his name, uh, to essentially reboot their cinematic universe. And then he quit. I don't think he was there very long. I think it was within the span of a year, maybe something like that. And it, it, either that or he was fired. But he essentially left right after this Batgirl thing. Uh, and then since then, James Gunn of Peacemaker and Guardians of the Galaxy fame is now in charge of coordinating their cinematic universe. And since then, they've pretty much uh, scuttled all the planned films. So Wonder Woman 3 is scuttled, uh, Man of Steel 2 is gone, and I don't know what that leaves for stuff like Black Adam and uh, whatever, like Shazam and all that stuff after the... the there's already one made, but um, whatever, after like the, that and uh, Aquaman, I think they're pretty much out of films. So it, it, the, the verdict's kind of out about what they're going to end up doing, um, but it seems like it's going to be something along the lines of a full reboot of the, of the universe. But why? But why? Like, seriously, why do they need to throw everything away? They're literally dumping the baby with the bathwater. That girl is 100% complete with special effects, edited, ready to go to theaters, and they say no. Like, don't you even want to make, like, a little bit of money off it? Well, like, okay, uh, I mean, we talked it's about a it, loss. but we talked, well, okay, <laughs> but they're taking the risk of writing off a for sure loss by never doing anything with it and never allowing themselves legally to do anything with it or taking a risk on something to maybe be able to write it off as a loss. So it's still stupid. I agree with you. It's fucking stupid. And why not incorporate it in, in, like you say, put it into this new reboot thing then and make it part of the universe. Cause it's. I think it would be a great launching point. Why the fuck not? Batman's super hot right now and still is, you know, always is. But after Pattinson's, uh, you know, the Batman with uh, Matt Reeves, the Batman, why the fuck not? But but why, why when you get, like, Henry Cavill is a great Superman. We've said so many times on the yes. show that he did so much with getting garbage in that role, right? That role has never been written justice. And he still is a great Superman, <laughs> Because he's everyone likes Henry Cavill. Fucking everybody. Why do you think? And I think Gal Gadot is a great Wonder Woman as well. Why? Do you, like I absolutely I assume agree. that she's out as Wonder Woman then too in, in this reboot case. I would imagine. Yeah. I, I mean, I look at that. I think too. Like Cavill probably. I, I'm sure a big part of him quitting The Witcher is. I was just, yeah. I was going to bring that up to yeah. be a part of uh, Man of Steel too, or whatever the universe they wanted to. Whatever, wherever they would plan to go with it, because I'm assuming they had had talks with him prior to this changeover. I they had to have had a ton of talks for him to walk away from the Witcher. I know there was a lot of stuff and a lot of butting heads between him and the creators and how they were treating the source material. Uh, so I mean, again, who knows how much either of those sides of it played into the ultimate final decision of him to no longer be the Witcher? But. I don't know. <laughs> like he's not gonna be able to just go and be the Witcher now, right? We got fucking Liam Liam Hemsworth. 
Like, is he, they're just going to kick him out and let Cavill come back in? I, I don't think so. And, and you know what's weird, too, is they said, or James Gunn said, I think, like, we're going to have another role for Henry Cavill in, oh. like, the new rebooted universe. But, like, I don't like that. I don't like that because you're not going to be able to unsee him as soups. It's way too big of a character that was way too recent. Okay. I just had a thought and perhaps they can do something like maybe they will do like a kind of a new 52 thing like they did in the comics years ago. Um, Not like decades ago, but fairly recently to essentially like it was it was like an infinity crisis type thing that DC likes to do and Marvel has done a number of times too. To do this reboot and refreshing for their their main comic lines, maybe we 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 will see this current DCEU's Henry Cavill Superman in like this transition film and see some of like Gal Gadot maybe um, in this transition film into like this quote unquote new Fifty Two James Gunn led DCEU. May, maybe that would work. I don't know how or what this plot yeah. would be. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think all these films need to get away from any sort of multiversal idea for a long time. Whatever whatever it is, any type of... But, but <laughs> look, that's not going to be any fucking different under James... Like, James Gunn is not the person to helm this, this universe. Like, he makes good movies, and he has a very particular style. Do you think James Gunn can op- apply a different type of hand? And obviously, he's not going to be directing every single fucking DC film. But under his direction, do you think we can get a different feel for the different characters that don't end up feeling like a Suicide Squad movie? I mean, the only thing I think I think he might bring to the table is just maybe a concise vision. And I think that's what a lot of times um, DC was lacking. Whereas Marvel at least had Kevin Feige, you know, at least initially, I'd say up until uh, Infinity War and Endgame, there was a vision, right? Like there was point A to point Z and a few steps and all the steps along the way. And they got there. Even if all the, not all the films nailed it and maybe there was issues, it was all building to something. Whereas I feel like DC, like there was just too many it stumbles and so maybe someone like gun just who who is a good director who it has a history of success with comic book films can do something i do think in a way that they've just brought him on because of that success with suicide squad oh yeah so it's like they are hedging their bets a little bit here i think (laughs) yeah um to say to it to assume that he'll be good at this role i don't think gun is going to be given enough power and will not have enough weight to throw around uh, but the heads of WB will not. They just they'll they will just shoot themselves in the foot like they've been doing continuously. Like they're not, a, like they I don't know what it is, but they don't seem to be able to relinquish whatever type of power or direction that they want to force the ship that is the DCEU. You know, changing its direction. Like, I just don't think they're gonna loosen the reins enough for them. I just don't think it's gonna happen. Where I really agree with you is about James Gunn's tone. He, he does have a very specific style, which is almost the antithesis of what DC's tried to be, which is, you know, we're darker, we're, we're harder edged, we're a little bit more humorless and like serious. And like James Gunn is just not that. And like you said, I mean, he's not going to be directing all the films, but I, I don't know. Does he have it in him to like just shepherd a cinematic universe of dark largely humorless films i don't know i mean i 
I like James Gunn, but I don't think he has that in him, if I were to be quite honest. Well, I do think that Gunn can very adequately and uh, skillfully hit the balance between the two spectrums. If you're looking at dark-ass DC and goofy-ass colorful Marvel, I really think Gunn does hit and is really good at hitting that like in-between because... Again, you look like a movie, like an M-rated movie, like or R-rated movie, like uh, the Suicide Squad, and it's it's it is funny. It's you got lots of gore and, and the shit that we like, at least, uh, and that so so like he can hit the ratings, the 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 mature rating, and, and take advantage of the type of movie that he's making. So I think he can do that really well. But I think to your point, though, Marty, having like a figure like Kevin Feige, like I, I do think all those Mar- all those Marvel movies, even throughout like phase one through three, all still feel like Marvel movies. I don't know if under Gunn's direction we would get that same kind of synchronicity with DC. Mm. But at the same time, I think the Marvel's it's to Marvel's detriment that all the films feel like Marvel films. At this point, it is now. Yes, you're right. You're, I mean, you're absolutely right. And maybe, maybe that's also what DC is or uh, WB is taking into consideration, because like they have to know that they can't just start from scratch and try to build something that, like like the MCU is, because that's not going to work for them. They already tried it for one. Yeah, it just you know it seems like a mess. And the thing is, like even if James Gunn is able to clean this up, I think we're looking years. Like if we're doing this yearly review next year, I don't think we're saying wow. DC has totally turned it around in 2023. Like, realistically, I think this is very, very long-term plans. Oh, I don't think you're going to see product out of them until, uh, realistically, other than maybe, like, uh, Peacemaker Season 2. Probably won't see anything until 2024, 2025. Yeah, I would would probably say 2025, yeah. I guess uh, they decided what they're going to do with the Flash. Let's <laughs> just get rid of him. <laughs> like, <laughs> Problem solved. He's flashed his way into the prison system. So. <laughs> he, ap- he apologized, <laughs> Moby. But okay, but what if what if the Flashpoint movie was their way they were going to do this new 52 thing and was going to be the way they were going to reboot anything anyways? And now because they have to scrap that film, that key film in the transition period, they got to figure out something else out. Maybe they were already planning to do this. Well, the Flash is still coming out. That's my conspiracy theory. No, the, there's no way the Flash is going to come out. There's no way they're releasing that film. It's coming out in May. It has a date? Yeah, 100%. No, well, it doesn't. It, it does. No, it does. No, they've already canned it. It's gone. No. Okay, this is the Flash. If anyone set a date for the Flash, it's Satan. So Ghost Marty would know. <laughs> I just don't believe that they can't. They wouldn't shelf that, especially again with this reboot thing. They're they're not going to shelf that film and not put out Batwoman. I just don't understand the choices they're making. Yeah, no, it looks like Ghost Marty's right. June sixteenth, two thousand twenty. Sorry, I was off by a month. Yeah, June. Told you it wasn't coming out in May. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah. Boy, am I dumb. You're, you got egg on your face. <laughs> You've got you, you've got Shazam in March, and then uh, you've even got Aquaman technically in 2023. I mean, Christmas, December 25th, but you do have Aquaman. So yeah, they've got uh, they've got three movies on the docket. DC does. I guess if they're made, why the hell not? That's bizarre. The Flash is coming out, so we'll finally get we'll get to see Keaton return then. Finally, 
Yes. I hope so. I hope so. And Ben Affleck back as Batman as well. Oh, he's back with with Jennifer Lopez, so now he's, you know, Happy Fleck. We'll probably see a much happier Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was he was really sad when he was with uh, Anna de Armas. Yeah, I'm sure he was just uh, just, just depressed. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a what a fucking idiot! It's like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like you have the ultimate treasure, Ben Affleck. You give her up? <laughs> Maybe okay. <laughs> we had the discussion, I think, last episode, where we that you are like you're like a sapiosexual, right? Like you have to have this intellectual connection even if you make it up <laughs> so even if i no make idea, it up you yes. have no idea what she's like no idea she, <laughs> she could be she could be dumb as a pile of rocks she could be unnecessary <laughs> and i wouldn't know that look i i'm i can't believe the flash is coming out i thought it was just gonna be canned for sure but i guess dc don't give a fuck anymore and it doesn't matter if they're gonna reboot everything what does it matter you're, you're becoming very nihilistic. You're right. What, what, what does it matter? Nothing really matters <laughs> to Leland. <laughs> I, I mean, why, why wouldn't they just write off all of these movies? But that, that's just sort of the annoying thing about these, all these films at this point. It's like the whole point was you had to see them all at one point. But now, I mean, I'm so not invested. We, we've talked about this before, but like, I'm, there's no way I'm going to watch everything. It's just not going to happen. I can't. In the last couple, the last couple I've seen sucked. So, like, what, what is the, what is the investment? I mean, I, I want, I kind of want. I was interested in, in Black Adam, but like, I don't really care about seeing, it, especially after hearing some reviews. Um, I don't really care about the Shazam sequel. I don't give a shit about this Alchemist sequel. Although maybe like, and the Flash, I guess I care because of Keaton. Uh, I don't. I didn't hate Ezra Miller's Flash. So yeah, I guess you're right. I don't know, and but knowing like we're not gonna see soups, it's like okay. Yeah, he's a he's what I really like. He, he like Cavill and and Godot Godot and is I think they're the gems of DC. But even though Wonder Woman two Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four was not very good, uh, you're forgetting John Cena. You you are actually legitimately you're right. I am forgetting John Cena. Yeah, because Peacemaker was a really good series. Peacemaker was really good. Yeah. If, if there were, was ever a man invested in a character, it's John. Cena yes. Peacemaker. My goodness. Yeah. 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 He's. Uh, I really like him. He's kind of like The Rock 2.0, where you know he's this former wrestler, but like he's really bringing it the best that he can. He's not half-assing it in Hollywood and. You know, I respect that. He's a much better actor than Dwayne Johnson, too. And and more humble, to be quite honest. I mean, if The Rock's Instagram just pisses me off. I I can't. Me too. (laughs) Look, that's the brand he's built for himself. And that is literally the brand he has always had since being The Rock, right? But no, no, no. I actually had this experience in 2022 where I'm like, has he always been this arrogant? Like, for real? He's He's literally the character The Rock from wrestling 20 years ago. Turned real. I'm surprised he doesn't just call himself the Rock, like like walk around talking in third person, like. <laughs> you know he'll he'll be like some on some like tropical island in the Maldives with like a yacht in the background. It'll be like bringing it game every day, cooking never stop. And oh, I'm like, wow. dude, you're like 55. It's like 
Right. Is, it, is, it really, geared, is it geared to the max? Yeah. <laughs> is it really that hard to get up at 5 a.m. to train when you're on enough trenbolone to kill a horse? Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's just chicken and broccoli for him. He's, he's, that, he's all natural. <laughs> a, a tangent here, but I've been watching so much uh, More Plates, More Dates on YouTube. I don't know if you guys have watched. <laughs> more Plates? No, more what dates. is that? What is so, this? I've never so, okay, heard of so it. It's Derek from More Plates, More Dates com and uh he's from vancouver i think and he's uh like a pretty jack dude and he's i guess he made the channel initially to be kind of like men stuff like in sort of like in the manosphere a little bit but mostly talking about fitness and he mostly just now discusses like people's um like theoretical steroid cycles like especially like fitness influencers and, and like um celebrities and stuff like that at least one of the things he does but he's quite knowledgeable about all these substances uh, having done them himself and uh like, i mean the guy's been on joe rogan twice it's kind of wild uh but he's got some great videos about like hemsworth and cavill and like are they like basically like breaking down their their bodies from like one role to a different role two years later and being like there's no fucking way this is a natural progression like the guy put on 30 pounds of muscle and it's clear right. clear as fucking day and they go out and they and like you're saying they go around saying oh it's chicken and broccoli it's <laughs> it's like that that is literally an euf- euphemism for steroids at this point yeah exactly <laughs> well that's like that's funny that's like uh speaking of hamsworth that's like when uh cabin of the woods came out because it was filmed a number of years before it actually released Chris Hemsworth in that movie is like the smallest per he's like a, he's like a six year old child compared to what he is in fucking love and thunder. Like, Oh yeah. Fuck man. Yeah. He points out that Hemsworth has pre- pretty darn good genetics, but at the same time, yeah, you look at him compared to yeah. Love and thunder. It's, there's, no, there's no way that's the same person without <laughs> some animal. Yeah, exactly. Animal. Exactly. That's wild. I mean, who, who gives who gives a shit if you're fucking on gear? But why would you why lie about it? Like that's who? that's the issue because people see that and they think that they can achieve it, and it it's skewer. And then especially Hemsworth, he sells products now and like a and a workout yep. program. Yeah, they work out of that. So I've actually I've been watching uh, a lot of uh, Will Tennyson on YouTube, and he's he's like a twenty five something year old guy um, in Ontario, and one of his episodes was like he. He's, he bought it and signed up for it and was going through it, right? And it's like, I mean, the, it seemed like the workouts were cool and were interesting and, and different. And it was, but like it has nothing to, it's just literally just Hamsworth's face on the on the package. Everything inside of it has nothing to do with him. Like there's nothing, it's not, it's not like videos of him doing the moves or like, you know, like it's just surface mm. level bullshit. It, it has absolutely nothing to do with how Hamsworth got jacked for Thor, right? Like. Yeah, it just pra- preys upon these people, and it's uh, it's disappointing. But um, yeah, the one the reason it came to mind really was he had a video about Cavill, and he figures Ca- Cavill was natural for uh, all this all the times he played Superman because his progression like really? made made sense. There was only one scene where he looks fucking enormous, and it's like and it's like the lighting and everything's just fucking on point. So it's it's completely within reason that it's like just he's got a mega pump perfect lighting perfect water cut and just everything for that one scene so yeah so that was kind of cool to see that yeah that is cool actually that's that's interesting 
I don't know why they just don't be more open about it. I just yeah. Like if you have to put on thirty pounds of muscle in like twelve weeks for a role, like what the fuck else are you gonna do? Well, okay. Look at Hugh Jackman outside of every time he plays Wolverine. Exactly. Exactly. He's a little little man. <laughs> yes. Like holy fuck! Was I just remember watching Days of Future Past when he first gets put into his past self and he's up in the bedroom shirtless and fighting those dudes? Like holy mother of fucking Christ! Is he enormous in that scene? Like holy he, shit, he's, man! He's, the thing is, he's big and shredded. Yes, exactly. What is the one thing you can't be if you're a natural bodybuilder? Yes, you have to pick one. You have to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Unless you're Ghost Marty, of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Well, listen, when you're in hell, your testosterone is through the fucking <laughs> Right. And you're always sweating, so you're always you're always shedding water. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay, okay. I, I, I let's move on to some video game stuff. I agree. So I wanted to get your opinion, Marty, on kind of the prevalency of these like looter extract games because they're just momentum of their popularity is just snowballing right now um you know like i mean hunt is it's an extract shooter less of on the looting side but we got things like marauders um dark and darker stuff is is kind of in, in beta testing which i actually want to talk about too uh but even call of duty is getting in on the, like their warzone dmz uh dmz mode with this type of gameplay you know escape from tarkov yeah uh what do you think of these games well, I, I actually just played DMZ uh, last week. Um, yeah, I was surprised. I didn't realize that's what DMZ was partially, was a, uh, a like a PvP, PvE, looter, shooter, kind of like extract sort of thing. And right. yeah, it's it was kind of throwing me for a loop. I was like getting hunt vibes near the end and we got ambushed and it was kind of some, some crazy shit went down. Uh, it just feels way more chaotic, obviously, than, than hunt does because... You know, the mechanics. A little faster. Yeah, and I'm way, way worse at it. <laughs> it's it's interesting that it's kind of starting to take off because Hunt's been around for a while. And, and I mean, there was there, there's a few other ones. Like, uh, I believe GTFO is sort of similar. Is it PvP? Uh, that one has been on my wish list for a long time, and I've just kind of been hesitant to pull the Because it looks really cool. It's like your, you know, future is like sci-fi shooting a bunch of aliens is there pvp in that two squad based stuff yeah i thought so because that kind of draws me more to it honestly uh, maybe it is just online co-op oh uh, yeah maybe okay i could be wrong yeah four player cooperative experience okay i am incorrect never mind yes i redeemed myself for the we'll flash just uh, rewind that <laughs> uh edit that out <laughs> I've oh never no! Ma- oh I've no! Ne- I've never yes. made a mistake. Nice. Well, other than I look that, good. It's staying in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just drop some uh, excessive swearing, so now you'll have to edit it. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I think it's a, it's an interesting trend. I mean, it's not one I would have really foreseen. I guess it's a, in a way, it's a bit of a natural evolution of the whole, uh, like, um, I guess, battle royale thing. It's just interesting thinking about like COD doing it because I mean it's literally shipped inside of a battle royale game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I yeah, I think like just this trajectory was set with like PUBG, you know, forever ago, and which I've never played. Uh, which I don't know how great the experience would be going like to play it now. I don't know. I don't know what state the game is in currently or whatever. But 
I really like the, I mean, I'm really starting to dig uh, these types of games. I dabbled in Escape from Tarkov, uh, which I really want to devote some time to, which I guess I'll have coming up soon. But it's also like a lot of depth to it. And uh, if you play like, again, Hunt is kind of this strange hybrid because you're not, you're not taking items out of a match to be able to use in like crafting additional things for your, your stuff like you can in, in Escape from Tarkov. Uh, or like a game like Mar- have you heard of have you heard of Marauders, which is also I think it's in beta right now. Um, you can it, it's it's interesting as of as of recording uh, the most recent update has come out for it, which I think adds a lot of more things to the the typical game modes or, or gameplay additions that you would have in this type of game, like um, of like a marketplace and uh, traders that you get missions from and do do for like very tar- escape from Tarkov esque. Uh, but it's like um, it's like an alternate universe, like World War II era, but in space, essentially. So there's like before you get into the raid area where you go and find the PVE and PVP combat and, and loot your materials and to try to get the, to the extract point, you start in a spaceship, right? And there's different levels of spaceship that you can craft and take into the raid. So there's like space combat. You can jump in your escape pod and breach other ships to try to kill the players inside before you even get into the raid. It's an inter- it's very cool. The gunplay again, it's like WW2 era weapons. So, I mean, there's obviously automatics and stuff. Uh, it's cool. It's a really cool game. There's definitely a lot more needed for it for longevity, which honestly I think has come out with this this recent large update is going to give that game a ton more longevity and came at a very good time time for that game. But the, you also have a, a a game that again, as of recording. The day after we're recording, which at the time of release has come and gone, Alpha playtest for a game called Dark and Darker. I think this is the fourth, third or fourth playtest they they put out. And every month or so, they have like an open weekend playtest, right? As they're tweaking this game, and it's a a three, a one, two, three, one, two or three person squad. You go in and you it's a, it's essentially it's a fantasy extract shooter. So you you pick like. You know, your your typical uh, fantasy class, like ranger, rogue, cleric, barbarian, fighter, or wizard. Uh, I think there's, yeah, the six of them, the six main ones. And then you literally just drop into, like, this dungeon, and you're going around looting the dungeon and, and PvPing and PvE. Uh, it's really fucking cool. And you can play it for free. You can just play it on Steam and download to play for free when the betas or when the playtests are open legit if you want to play this weekend let's go because i'll be playing a lot of it and i think you'd really like it yeah so these games are just so cool they're so fun i know there's just like that that high you get after fine getting your loot out and just barely getting to the fucking extract points and getting out with all your shit like they're really cool they can be really punishing which you know that's the kind of type of gameplay that i usually like <laughs> no shit <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot that appeals to me about this type of game it's they're really they're great, but they take so much time to invest into them. Is a the thing, right? Yeah, I'm sure you're. You, I'm sure you haven't in your life said "hurt me more, mommy" ever. Before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting. Maybe I'll give it a shot if you guys do. I mean, I typically don't like or games as like that as much. Hunt was okay. It's just I felt sometimes like. 
like my skill level could never reach most of the opponents I was fighting. I'll just be honest. Like the players, like I, I would stand there with like a couple of Najev pistols and just fire, and it's like I'd barely ever hit anything. And uh, same goes for you know rifles. It's just people were able to pick me out with excellent shots, and and I just couldn't do it. And it just sounds like uh, Leland yourself and my brother love those games. Very good at them. Go Smarty, kind of in the middle, but. I don't know. I do find them fun. I just wish they had an easier learning curve. I, I find I hit a rhythm with them sometimes where I'm like in the fucking zone and I, I feel like things are swinging, swinging my way. But yeah, as a whole, I agree. I do feel like I'm in the middle. If I play with Leland and he's got a higher uh, match rating, we'll get matched against people that just fucking kill me. But if I play yeah. with uh, another friend of mine and, we have a, and him and I have about the same match rating, then we do okay. Because Although he panics if he's by himself, so if I if, if I die, he he's pretty much who. Oh no! <laughs> this is panic city. I I you know I, I agree with you. I think they have some of the highest highs in multiplayer gaming because when you do have a killer round or like that feeling in hunt where it's like I could go for the next the other bounty. Yeah, let's get the double boss kill. Yes, let's go. <laughs> let's wipe this fucking map. Is there anything better? I mean, it sucks when it happens to you, but it's fucking hilarious. You, you get both bosses, you get to like, all right, on my way out, and a solo kills you both. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, in like five seconds, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you're, how does your gun even shoot four times in five seconds? That's not how this era of gun is supposed to work in Hunt yeah. <laughs> And I don't think I've, I've ever played Hunt where I felt like there was cheaters. I, I, I don't, you know? But I... I agree with you. There's times, Moby, when I'm playing it where I'm like, am I the problem or is the game the problem? Like, what? why is this so hard? Yeah. My favorite hunt moment, though, of all time, because I didn't know this technology was in the game, was one time I was hiding. And uh, I didn't know that if your opponents came to you close enough, you could hear their voice chats, which was the coolest thing. So suddenly I start hearing, and it's not one of you guys' voices like, I know he's around here. I'll find him. I'll fucking find him. And then I get the drop on the guy and kill him. It was like my favorite moment the entire time I played the game. Yeah. It was just the coolest, coolest little thing. Worst moment, I'm pretty sure was with Leland because 90% of my games was with him. Leland and I had this game once and like we had like fucking rocked it. I don't know if we had like one of the boss prizes or both. I think we might have actually had both. But he was kind of like dicking around going to the exit zone. And I forget if it timed out or we got shot at the very end, but we lost because I remember just, like, that. Fiddling yeah, around. I remember that. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, you're just being so overconfident. Right yes, now. I was being. Like, let's get out I was here. being incredibly loud, shooting every AI on the way out, yes. and we were like yeah. 40 yards from the extract, and we just get ganked by some asshole in the bushes. <laughs> it was so stupid. <laughs> You've got a friend in <laughs> well, that's, that is typical Leland playing hunt. You. Like I, I, I feel like you just go off. Like like okay, we'll lose four in a row, and then it feels like okay, the vibe is this one we're gonna take seriously. And the first thing you do is start shooting your guns. Like the map loads, <laughs> and you're just like, fuck it, let's make noise. <laughs> I do like I do like being loud <laughs> at most at most times. You know I and and to to like 
be fair, I put on all the Grammy phones. I listen to the oh, Grammy you have phone to. ten hours. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. You every you have to play every musical instrument in any map you find. You have to turn it on. Well, there's an achievement for playing two at once, so you obviously have to. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's man. funny because I don't think I played that loudly when I'm solo because i i mean i played both i played so many hours solo in that stupid game hunt i don't think i'm that loud when i'm solo so it's really only in teams i'm like okay i got back up i can be a little more aggressive and push and i honestly i'm like i'm too aggressive in these types of games and it always bites me in the ass yeah i feel like you are probably 20 percent too aggressive because you're actually pretty (laughs) you're pretty fucking good and i i feel like if if you if you held back a little bit and listened yeah you would just destroy people (laughs) yeah i make some dumb fucking plays most of the time (laughs) and like and and as soon as i do it i'm like why why because i know it's dumb as soon as i'm in the middle of doing whatever the fucking stupid like okay i was playing i was playing last night and I had, uh, what was I using? I was using a Vetterly, which is one of my favorite bolt action rifles. And I had a cavalry saber. So I had a sword. And I was up on high ground above a dude. We were trading shots. I tagged them. They ran to cover. I sprinted across the the like porch of this house that overlooks the cliff. Pulled my sword out and just dropped 40 feet onto the guy with the sword. Because I wanted the sword kill. Did it. Got him. But immediately his partner got me down because I was I took fall damage. I was already recovered from the shot. But I got the fucking sword kill. And I am fine with that. Well, I, I was about to say, the reason why you do it is exactly that. I was going to say that yes. exactly that story, essentially, is the times where, where you run into a building. And I can hear, okay, your reaction is always the same. You're like, hey, hey got him. And it's... <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And, That's and and it's usually either you went in and you shotgunned them both, or you took a fucking you know like axe to them both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every time. Oh, and it only funny. works five percent of the time. But my goodness, when it does, yeah. you are you are five percent of the time works one hundred percent of the time. Yeah, you are excited. I just meant to say. <laughs> Anchorman Four, starring Leland Steele. <laughs> well, speaking of games that are more Moby speed, though, let's transition. Uh, one we've you kindly bought all of T Hub Raft, so we've played a bit of that. Yes, I did want to bring that up. Yeah, no, no, you've been really into it, but also uh, last, I think the this week of us recording, the Mistlands update came out for Valheim, which yes, I'm excited to try and get to. It is another end game, as far as I've read. Anyways, another end game. Uh, region or, or territory uh what the hell are they called like the meadows and the black forest uh, biome biome thank you yes so it's an i think it's another end game biome which i've never gotten to the end game of, of valheim before like stopping so i don't even know how much of it i'll actually get to experience and it'll take a number of hours to be able to experience it which i don't like and we get on a raft and me i don't have too much to say again because i i haven't played any of the content but i don't like that uh because one, if you were if you had already had a server going and this update came out, it would only randomly generate the Mistland biome in areas that you had not yet explored. So if you had like a game, a server, or a file where you're on the end game already, ready to experience Mistlands immediately, you might be fucked if you had thoroughly explored your world. Whoa, I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's not cool. <laughs> 
But I was also, but I mean, I knew that going in and I think that was known pretty far ahead of the update actually releasing because like they've been talking about it for months and months with no official uh, release date, right? So nobody really knew when it was coming and like, I've had the Valheim image for a number of times in the past, like four months since I, I played it last, but I've just been waiting for the mislands because I kind of just wanted to start a server when it was live. Uh, so now I have, I've, I didn't, I didn't play too much on it yet. I'm sure I will, <laughs> but maybe I'll be able to talk about the content in the future in a future episode. Yeah. Yeah. I would actually be really interested in uh, you talking about it. Like I'll be honest, I'm probably not going to play. I'm probably not going to go back to it because it is end game content. But this whole conversation just reminds me that I love these cooperative survival games like Valheim, which then led to Raft. Like, I missed about... We probably stopped playing Valheim regularly in... It's probably like summer of 2021. Like, maybe August. Something like that. Altogether, on my brother's dedicated server he rented. And I was missing that ever since. We actually got that briefly in Phasmophobia as well. Really like Phasmophobia. Maybe I'll try to set up like a game next Halloween or something. But that's why I bought you guys Raft. With the exception of Leland. I bought him something else because he had Raft. But I love that co-op survival thing. And that's probably one of my favorite genres right now. I gotta be honest. Because like... You know, we we bitch and snipe at each other just for fun in real life. But when it comes to actually being co-op, I feel like we naturally fall into these really good niches. Like Leland is really good at like technology. Like he's like Promethean. He, he loves to build smelters, make like lots of stuff. My brother is really good at building. Like he's very good at like the architecture of actually like building a nice base or something like that. Myself, I don't get bored doing the basic tasks that you can do from day one, like getting leather, meat, repairing um, damaged, you know, floors and stuff like that. Like the repetitive basics don't bother me. I actually really enjoy doing them. I less enjoy doing the advanced technology stuff. And Marty... I don't know what Marty... I mean, Marty's good, but I'm trying to, like, <laughs> nail what's Marty's niche. Maybe fighting? Like, Marty's really good at fighting? I don't know, Marty. What would what would you say your niche is in these co-op games? I would say, like, it's it's interesting. I, I feel like I fall into building stuff to some extent. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I think when we were playing Valheim, that was uh, something I, I built that whole, like, uh, base that we walked, like, the main part of it. <laughs> When we walked into like, yeah, the, yeah, you the, did the this, when we thing. started the stone. Yeah, you made the stone castle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, like, that's really fun, and that's actually the the mechanic in a game that I have to like. If I get into that, then it becomes cocaine, and I have to stop. Mm. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. always a problem. And I agree with you, Moby. These are probably some of my favorite games. I've played uh, quite a few of them this year alone. The Rising, which is like a uh, top-down, um, pretty action-heavy PvP and PvE, but it's like a it's a survival building game. That played Grounded, which is a four-player survival game. It's on Xbox Game Pass and Steam. Um, also, 
really good. But Raft is uh, surprisingly good. Really simple in a lot of ways, but uh, I feel like it's deep enough that it's fun. It doesn't feel like the mechanics are too complicated to get going, and it doesn't feel like it has to be too involved. Like, I, I don't feel like I have to put in 100 hours to get anything out of it. Yeah, that that's true. Now, I do have a criticism of Raft, sort of. And this is judging that I started my game with you guys, so that's one. Started my game with myself. Started my game with my friend Joe, I also bought it for. Started my game with, my like, my brother and his wife because I hacked their passwords. Second attempt on their date night. So that's four. <laughs> I think it's just four, but I... I've started four games, and that game is ridiculously hard in about the first hour. Yeah, <laughs> it totally was. You you find that out when you've done, like, in the space of a week, four starts. Like, it's, it's a different feeling. Like, Stardew Valley, because there's no punishment for your start, you know there's a lot to get done, but there's also no punishment. It's just like, I don't have enough time in the day to do all this exciting stuff. Like, every, all four times I've started Raft, I've been close to death. Like, within a hair in that first hour. Okay, but, like, have you not learned what you need to do immediately yet? After four starts in, like, two days? It's still hard. (laughs) It's still hard. Because I started a solo game and had no problem. Okay, yes. Okay, but two things go into that. Number one, I started my solo game uh, second. Okay. Next to our game. Okay. So I still was kind of getting used to things. And you know what to do. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. That's fair. Number two, four of those, uh, sorry, three of those four starts were with new people. And you can't tell someone like all the time, like, hey, give me your resources. I have to build this thing that you don't know that we have to get built. Or, hey, don't take that plastic. I need it to build this important thing. So what I've noticed is new players like to hoard shit. And I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt to not ruin their experience by telling them you have to do this in this order. So it, it is difficult for me because, yeah, you're like, I know what to do, but all I've got is like 20 leaves in one plank. It's like, I can't build what I know needs to be done. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, I wonder, I mean, is that a thing that it just happens in those games? Like I even think of uh, like a game like The Forest uh, can be very difficult right at the outset and actually that game can just be really hard the whole way through quite frankly but if you know how to get set up if you're obviously going to have a much easier time but are those games kind of inherently almost have a at the the very very early game things you just have to do and it almost reminds me like twilight struggle where a game like that has the 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 most optimal opening moves to be able to set yourself up to have a better game long term. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I mean, in Raft, like, because we're talking about it, you have to go water, meaning like water, basic water purifier, and then basic food grill first. Yeah. I mean, not first, first, sure. And get fish. Like at, yeah. And fish. And, you know, you can, you can add a few pieces of planks around your raft to make it slightly larger, but you really need to go purify or else you're going to die of thirst first. Hunger's always second. And in my opinion, you need a basic grill and a basic purifier for each person on the raft. So two people, two of each. Uh, Three people, three of each. Minimum. I mean, obviously it's helpful with more, but I don't want to get too, too deep into raft, but 
my biggest advice for new players with Raft is you have to consider being at sea, basic resources, parking at an island, advanced resources, but both are important. So one of the problems, having started four games in a week, is new players, and I get why, they're like, oh, an island. We have to spend all our resources for an anchor so we can park there and get scrap and kelp and stuff. Well, you can't use that until the mid-game or until you build a higher technology. I mean, to be honest, in the beginning, the best move is probably to just build a gigantic square and four purifiers and four grills and a bunch of fishing rods. Like, if you really want to set yourself up, it's boring as fuck, but... <laughs> As someone that's played the game so many times, I mean, how many, <laughs> how many times did we like just want to fight the boar? Yeah, you know, yeah. It's just like, yeah, but go but, and but, just fight the boar, even though. Okay, you're... but so it, it, again, in the, in Raft though, like specifically, because of the w- the way the world is generated, and I I believe it is randomly generated, where things will spawn around your raft specifically. So if you ever lose your raft, you're, you're fucked because that's what the game is. So you stick with your raft because it doesn't care where your character is. It's all centered on the raft, how, how things are generated. So if you skip an island, you have no idea when you're going to see another island. So like you said, you could do those things that may be incredibly boring to set yourself up. So I think there's like a risk management aspect to it as well because of the randomness because I've skipped a number of islands and been like, okay, now I'm at the, I'm stabilized and I need metal. I need another island. And I just didn't see one for half an hour. And it's like, well, f- okay, I guess I'll continue collecting and, and trying to do other things. Yeah. But I need this. This is my choke point. I need to fucking dive down an island and get metal ore so I can smelt it and make better shit. So there's a lot of choke points in Raft, I find. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you and that's correct. Raft is also incredibly non-intuitive. Like, it does not hold your hand at all. You, you need to just figure out shit right away. And again, I go back to why us four, you know, you guys plus my brother are so complimentary in these games. Like, we all played Raft for the first time that one night. And, you know, it's just like go time or we're going to die. And we got close to it. But yeah, you're right about it being random. Half an hour between islands is a lot. I just, like, probably random in my game, I just hit them a lot more often. But I get what you're saying. I'm sure it was I, like that particular instance was just pretty unlucky for me. But like, again, due to the randomness, it is a thing that can happen. So uh, so I think just when you're playing, I just take it into consideration. Well, I don't know when I'm going to see a ne- another one. And even if it like, I, I, you know, honestly, I'm at the point where the smaller islands, I don't, I just, there's no, there's really no point in me stopping at them because they don't yield enough resources. And I need the bigger islands that have the boars because I want to kill the boar to get the leather, and I want to I want to get the alpaca. Like in my solo game, I have a, a launcher net. I don't have any ammo for it, but I'm really close to getting ammo. I killed one of those puffer fishes, and I got some explosive gunpowder that I haven't done anything with yet. I'm really close to doing something. There's something. I'm on the grasp. I'm on the cusp of building something that I can further advance, and I just uh, need the big islands. Automation. You're almost there. Automation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Leland, do you do you do you like have the antenna and the radar set set up yet? No, no, because I actually do know what that does because of I've watched a lot of content on it. Ah. Um, so like I know what they're used for, and I'm I'm not there yet to use them, so I'm not going to. 
I I have it, listener. I don't know what it does. I turn it on and it beeps. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> I've never figured out where to go. So you made a battery for it then? So because you you're I have a battery okay. now. I see stuff, and I'm sure if I turn my sail, I can probably sail towards yes. those points of interest. That's essentially what it does for you. Yeah. Now, what I cannot tell, and I do not want spoiled, is how to figure out on my radar. Well, two things. One, a point of interest that will progress the story. Two, what the fuck to do with the right side of my radar. Because you can input four different numbers, but I don't know where to get those four different numbers from. You pull the lever. <laughs> and I, I do want to figure it out myself. Good, good. you should. Me, so good. You made me want to figure it out myself. I will, I will. Lips are sealed. But yeah, yeah, no. It's a cool part of the game. And you're right. It, like, there's very minimal story to it, as there usually is, I find, in these types of games, right? But there's some like there's still lore, there's world lore behind Raft, which is like what is it? The world is literally just flooded. <laughs> yeah, it's due to climate change. All the polar ice caps melted and flooded flooded the world. I wonder there's so much garbage everywhere. I know. I guess yeah, it just you know flooded stuff up. I do want to tell you just one quick funny anecdote. So playing with my friend Joe, Joe is a min maxer. Like, Joe always tries to figure out the most efficient way to do something. That's how he has fun. So, in our game, we have a small square center raft that has, you know, our grills and stuff like that. And then on the sides, he built out... Try to imagine you've got a small square raft in the middle, and then long gangplanks, and then gigantic square, like, acres worth on all four sides with like nets that auto collect every like third space that yeah, he's built. Yeah, yeah. But but the problem is the raft he's built is so big, we can't hear the sh- shark attack ever. There's no <laughs> audio hearing of the shark. So we'll we'll just randomly walk. We'll be like, "Oh, it should be time to collect something." And like a fucking quarter of the raft on the perimeter cuz we never hear the shark. Cuz it's so big. And that thing, like, when it flops in the storm, like, the oh, waves, it's, like, wow. cast away with Tom Hanks. That's impressive, because those collection nets take a lot of freaking materials to make. Like, I have yet to fill in my little, like, 8 by 8 square on mine yet. Yeah, but, you know, it was like when I played Stardew Valley Co-op with Joe. Like, I, I kept teasing him, like, you never leave the farm to go, like do anything social and then on like day seven of spring he's marrying maru already i'm like when the fuck did you leave the farm <laughs> i've seen you on the farm 23 hours per day when did you give her gifts and romance her and he's just like i don't know priorities you know if it matters i'm like you haven't gone anywhere now you're married on day seven so i i, I don't know that's funny that's joe that's well, how have, have you have you two gotten to finding ore and and smelting ore and stuff Yes, which surprisingly he's not that interested in. Oh, because you get all the good shit with it. I do. Well, you do. You do. And I mean, he builds it. But for the longest time, I was like, hey, these auto collection nets, they're better than you think they'd be. I'm like, when you build a bunch of them, like they somehow collect more than you think they would. And so he never built one. He's like, yeah, whatever. And I built like three and I showed them him how efficient they were in collecting and then, like, the dude was, like, on cocaine. That's, like, when he built the outer per- thing. He's like, I know exactly how to build this perimeter. Football field size. Oh Tom Brady. Try to throw a spiral down this. <laughs> and um, 
it sucks because he didn't build enough like little walkways to get to the perimeter so i always jump in get stuck and get nipped by the shark because of course he appears in one of the the um floor plans of the hammer you can make reinforce you can put reinforced metal things on them i don't know if you can do that for the collection nets though you can for for sure you no. can do with the regular plat like plank platform and they're pretty handy i have a couple of them done but they take a lot of metal but i don't know if you can actually do them for the collection nets no no but there, there's an easy fix for that all we do is we put a if you can imagine we've got our gigantic perimeter we've got our nets all around it just outside of the net on the other side facing the ocean you build one plank spot and reinforce it and the shark will always bite that first the shark never goes in more from the perimeter he will only bite what's on the most perimeter of, oh, of the spot. Okay. So that'll prevent him from biting a net. Oh, what a little exploit. We're, we're not there yet because, like, I would need more metal ore than is found in all of Russia and Ukraine to reinforce what Joe's built. But, like, when we get there... You know, though, I have, I have seen the shark glitch out and start to chew on a section of floor in the middle of the raft before. Ooh, that's, <laughs> that's not good. I, you know what, this, this is boring, but, like, I've learned the shark's way of attacking. And basically, when I get to any island, the first thing I do is kill the shark, buy us, like, three minutes, and we just mine what we can. Yeah, you gotta do that. I'll kill sure. the shark sometimes three times per island. I mean, he gives me. He gives like four good meats. Yeah, so. yeah, the meats off him is great. Uh, actually, that's the one main complaint. Like, I've looked up a lot of reviews, both amateur, like on Steam, and professional, like IGN. Everybody thinks the shark, his name is Bruce, should die longer each time you kill him. Like, he only buys you like three minutes, which is like nothing. Yeah, I think it's interesting. It's interesting how Bruce is immediately quite scary and freaky when you're like yes. stuck in the water but then he just becomes an annoyance that you just deal with exactly as 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 the game progresses and there's nothing nothing that i know of at least anyways that meets your progression like again you think of a game like valheim eventually the the freaking little uh tree dwarf dudes the graylings they're nothing you are one-shotting even the strongest one but the other the additional biomes is what keeps the challenge in in line with your your uh your your you know your progress in, in yeah the, in the in the tech trees and your gear etc yeah i think i mean i figured out a pattern to kill the boar taking very little damage i wouldn't call it a glitch i just know a way of patterning him the trouble i have which i don't know if you've run into in your own game but you probably have the gigantic birds that drop rocks oh on they're you. tough dude they're tough. I've not found a way to deal with them. I, I, even with a bow and arrow, I like I can't kill one. <laughs> so, which, uh, yeah, which is difficult. And you know, that's one of the things about about raft as far as a survival game goes. It's like, and this goes back to my very beginning of this discussion. It's very difficult in that first hour, but if you push through, you can make survival itself, like your body's survival in the game, very easy. Yeah, you can keep your food and your thirst maxed out all the time that was the takeaway i was seeming to get from the game we only played for about three four hours the other night and i felt like we had it pretty much down pat where we could survive forever it was just the progression was the gateway at that point right right i mean is that good do you guys like that 
Uh, I think that it just, in some ways, it just kind of becomes a nuisance in the background, right? Like, unless they implement maybe uh, something else that it maybe isn't another mechanic that you have to de deal with, which you guys did. You mentioned, like, uh, more challenging enemies that I didn't face. But in terms of just the, you know, thirst and hunger, yeah, it, it's pretty tolerable. If anything, it's just, like I said, it's just something else to that it basically just makes it a survival game at that point rather than a adventure game right it's it adds that one one little element yeah but i mean if it becomes trivial and it's just something that you were forced to do then it just seems like it's a it's a weak system it's a shallow system within the game yes i mean i i think you could you could argue it to an extent but it kind of fits, though. I mean, with, with this game in particular, it's like, how deep can you really go with those mechanics? You're stuck on a raft. Yes, I mean, you are right. And, and like, I think this is, I think how it functions in the game is fine. Because, you know, you, you can get, like, a better water bottle that holds more than one sip of water rather than your plastic cup, etc. Uh, obviously, you get you can get, like, a big barbecue and, and a much larger water uh, refiner that makes more water available. Um, so you do kind of need less of those individual pieces scattered around your 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 raft, uh, and then again, I I mean, I immediate comparison. I'm just gonna keep going back to Valheim because Valheim is like a phenomenally fleshed out game for not even being a full released game yet. Like you get a ton of content in it, even without this mis huge Mistlands update that's come. But the crafting system there's a there's a crafting system for everything in that game, including the food. Eventually, your food, which is I. I don't even know if you call it a survival mechanic in the game because I suppose it is just because how tight it is in with combat because if you make better meals and foods for yourself, you will have more HP and more stamina as you are adventuring, right? So you will, you get more survivability as you progress through and find the ingredients to make the better food. So like that is a deep survival system, right? Or there is depth. Uh, how deep it really is, it could be debatable. But there's more depth in that system than there is versus many other systems. And uh, I think it just, it just like you said, it fits with Valheim. It would not fit with a game like Raft. Totally. Yeah. No, I 100% I agree. I, I, I'm actually really curious about the new Valheim expansion. I, my, my main th issue with Valheim is if I'm going to get invested in Valheim again, I want it to kind of be the final product. That's fair, yeah. I don't really know what else they have on the horizon to add to it. Like, they have... I think this is, like, the fifth biome. Uh, maybe six if you count the, like, dead zone at the very north and south of the map. I don't know what else they're plan. I don't know what else is on the roadmap for it. I really don't know. Huh, yeah. I mean, it's... Mistlands was always the big one, right? Like, that was the thing that... Because that, that was in the game when we played. It was just empty. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the groundwork was there for them to implement it. It just wasn't finished to implement. Correct. My opinion, this is both an opinion, but also something that I've seen online, in most cases of people that just give up Valheim, is that they need to rebalance the meadow in After. The meadow is where most people quit. Because you can do, you can build the best possible armor, having done the previous biomes, but you go to that meadow and the mosquitoes show up and you're fucked. Oh, the plains, you mean. The plains. Yeah. The, or sorry, the plains. The plains. Yeah, the plains. Is the meadow the first yeah. biome? Yes. Then I sound like an yeah, idiot. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I sound like an idiot. <laughs> the plains with the, with, the, with the mosquitoes. 
basically what happens is you have to just through trial and error kind of risk running into the planes and getting the shit that you need and hope that the mosquitoes don't like gang bust you and then maybe you can progress but i i don't think that's fair i don't think that's fair in players i don't think it rewards the effort that you put in beforehand and so i hope they rebalance that if you were to tell me they rebalance the planes i would give valheim another shot well, I don't know what they would do to rebalance, you know, quote unquote, rebalance it. I, I just think there are every, but every time you step into a new biome, if you are not prepared for it, you will get fucked. Even the moving from the meadows, the very first one into the black forest where you can find the copper and the tin to move into the bronze age and get your first real set of like good armor. You'll get wrecked in the black forest in the early game. If you go in it to like, if you're not prepared for it, that's every step, every boss. Remember when we went, we took on Bone Mass. If we, if you went in and took on the third boss, Bone Mass, in the swamp area, one, the swamp biome is stupid, <laughs> and 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 get, moving into the Iron Age is is tough. Uh, if you're good enough, you could pretty well just skip bronze and go right to iron. Very difficult. But even Bone Mass, if you go into Bone Mass without pose poison resist meads, you will not do it. You will not beat him. If you go in, but if you go in there with even a single resist poison mean and a bludgeoning weapon, you will fucking tool him. If you go in there with a with a level up even bronze mace, you will wreck bone mass. So if you can prepare, and again, I believe part of the game is meant to be like you said that trial and error, like doing your death run, going to find your corpse and get your shit back. If you if you know far from base, that's part of the like they built that into being part of the game. In my opinion, I think like that's purposefully supposed to teach you and supposed to be a learning thing for you to do not overextend in that game because they really put a lot of emphasis on the survival aspect of it. And because there is more to the system of it, it incorporates the majority of the rest of the game's mechanics into the your, your character's survivability. Even, even things as simple as building your base, when you get like those raids that happen... Uh, periodically i don't really i still don't understand like the time frame or how frequent they're supposed to be but if your base you're like your base can easily get overrun especially when you start getting like trolls spawned in that horde that come at your base they will fuck your your shit up so if you're not ready you you need to you just need to prepare and a game though so, so what i don't like about that though and i know i'm droning on about it but what i don't like about that is the game, this type of game, you can literally sink hundreds of hours into it and get into the end game, right? To to get to the end game, you will need to sink that amount of time into it. So there's a lot of there's a lot of trial and error. Maybe it's too much trial and error because of the long the long, the length of the that's built into the game to take you that long. And I still obviously on subsequent plays, you can drastically cut down that that time. And the curve, because you already learned, so you should be ahead of the curve in a lot of areas, right? Like by now, I could, I could, I could play, I could get in there and play the game for ten hours, uh, less than like in in ten hours, have killed the first boss Ichthyr easily and be well into the Bronze Age. Like I could, like because I just know how to do it. Because because one, I've done a lot of the early game. Majority of my playtime is the early game, and in ten hours, you know what you're doing. You can accomplish a ton. Like I could be. I'm nearly geared up to go into the swamp probably in 15. Yeah, you definitely could be. I mean, I, I think the first little bit of the game is the, the easiest part to get going. 
you getting past that first boss is really not too too hard. It's 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 realistically like you said the swamp. <laughs> That's like the, the gatekeeping in the game, and yeah, that's. I, I mean, I think the only reason that uh, we ever got past that is because I spent like 30 hours mining <laughs> iron that one iron, weekend. Exactly. Yeah. Ex- <laughs> like legitimately. I uh, now apparently in Mistlands there is another way to get iron in that new biome. So thank God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, listener. I mean, it, maybe it's not just 2022, but definitely 2021 and 2022 year of the cooperative survival simulators or years. Uh, Two of them, because, yeah, we played we played the hell out of those. Well, t- 2023, we got uh, the sequel to The Forest coming out, too. I was just going to just think of that, yeah. What is it, like, Forest and Sons or something? Sun Sons and the, of forest, the Forest, something like that, yeah. yeah. Like, I- I'm saying this to you guys outside of the podcast here, because we're friends, but, like, if you find a survival game that you think we'd all play together, like, throw it at me. I'd be happy blowing 50, 70 bucks on a couple of these games per year to play with you guys because they're a lot of fun i just sometimes don't look them up enough forest i've never played that but i know you guys like it I, i'd be down giving it a shot yeah well there's lots out there that's for sure so question for you guys on the spot my answer is going to be obvious breath of the wild 2 releases may 13th i believe most anticipated video or pc game of 2023 do you guys have them? i have a few oh man Okay, list them. List them. Yeah. I... Uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake. Ooh. Final Fantasy 16. Uh, Breath of the Wild 2. Boo. Spider-Man 2 by Insomniac. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Leland meter. Boo. Yeah. Boo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a big one for Leland. 2023 is a big year. I keep forgetting about a bunch of the releases. But uh, I'll have to pull up a list or something, because there are so many. But just those off the top of my head. There's a bunch I'm forgetting. Is there a device that will allow you to strap baby to your chest in game late night all through this year? I believe that I won't really be involved in the raising of the child until they're able <laughs> until they're able to play games. <laughs> right, as, long as, as, as soon as they can work Fair analog answer. sticks, boom. <laughs> father of the year (laughs) (laughs) just 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 give your mom and your in-laws like the release date of all these games so they know when baby will be there for like weeks at a time there's some funny ones so like um zelda comes out like two days before the due date <laughs> so you'll be in the waiting room with your switch. Oh, yeah. The doctor's like, the baby's coming, Marty. Okay, okay, hold on. Hold on. I'm having contractions. No, you're not. <laughs> Even I get that joke. You have acquired a child. Use it to ruin your bank account. It's dangerous to parent alone. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Here, here's a, there's several other big ones so diablo 4 oh yeah Ooh. yeah that's fucking huge yeah even the like the dead space remake comes out in like a month uh and that looks Whoa, really man. good a couple other ones that i i think might be like kind of fly under the radar be a lot of fun though like there's a hogwarts legacy uh game so it's like um harry potter like open world like make your own students uh like i don't think it follows the movies at all i think it's just set in that universe but it actually looks kind of kind of kind of neat i mean there's probably like a solid five 
game of the year contenders and then a bunch that just aren't uh, fully announced yet so like uh, alan wake 2 is probably next year Ooh. oh uh there's the, the big one from uh bethesda star something star star dumb star 77 star 76 uh yeah Fallout star 76 yeah it's uh morrowind <laughs> skyland starfield Starfield. Starfield. Yeah, it's called. It's called Starfield. Yeah, that's it. It is Starfield. Yeah. <laughs> Boo! Just give me Skyrim six. God damn it. <laughs> Elder Scrolls six. Skyrim six. Yeah. Just give me Skyrim two. I just want Skyrim two. <laughs> yeah. Well, they treat the they treat those games unfortunately because of the success of Skyrim. They're like this game has to last us fifteen years. <laughs> so oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so like they're looking at the next Skyrim like this is gonna be the biggest fucking thing since whatever right it's gonna it's be not gonna be it might be i mean bethesda like look bethesda's got some ground to make up oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah uh, no uh, the, no argument there no you don't i don't know <laughs> no argument for me there but uh yeah maybe I, I i think we're looking at that in like 2026 probably <laughs> like that's that's e- holy shit dude come on that's frustrating well i mean i don't think i uh, like is their full team even on it yet because they're on starfield <laughs> Yeah, I mean, how long is the? I mean, that's been in the works forever as well. Yeah, a decade probably, close to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No fucking idea. Yeah, but uh, if I had to, if I had to pick one, if I was gonna just say pick one out of my hat, I think the mo- my most anticipated, and it's a personal bias, but Resident Evil Four remake. I mean, my God, the amount of time I put, <laughs> the amount of time I put into that original game. That's surprising. Yeah. And it, that that's that's in March, so I have time. Ooh, shit. I mean, look, like, dude, I I will pre-order it. I'll be playing it day one, just like you. But I like serious question. All our reathons didn't actually like make you less excited for it. No, I'm as equally excited as ever, probably. Despite the numerous reathons that we've done. And for those unfamiliar, that is the three of us sitting down in a single period, speeding through Resident Evil 4 as fast as we can. Tube TVs side by side, yeah. like 2000. Yep, yeah, array of <laughs> tube TVs, three tube TVs <laughs> side by side by side. They were heavy as fuck. I got to mention that they're tube yeah, TVs. Yeah, speeding, th- speeding through Resident Evil 4 on various consoles, timed. Uh, we had a point system and we were competing. To get the highest point value to it. I never won a single one of these fucking things. Uh, by the end of it, we had done like 10 of them. I don't even know what. We had Ariathon. We had Ariathon 2. We had uh, Ari Tribution. We had Ari Venge. Like, we had just so many of them. But all of that said, I could probably sit down and play Resident Evil 4 right now and really enjoy it still. Yeah, me too. Hmm. <laughs> that's That's what I mean, right? Like, that's why I think a, a properly made remake that does enough to move it forward and it isn't just a reskin i think that's that'll do it for me it's not just an hd remake it's a full remake of the game yeah exactly like it's i mean if we get anything even remotely close to the comparison of uh resident evil 2 to re2 make yeah it's gonna be yeah that's gonna be pretty good it's gonna be pretty good and i i mean i know resident evil 3 make was a letdown for a lot of people but i i really liked resident evil 3 make yeah, I did not enjoy Resident Evil 3 Make, and Resident Evil 2 Make is my, probably, it's gotta be one of my favorite games of the PS4 era. It's it's probably top 10 game all time for me. 
That's impressive. That's impressive. For that to be the the bar to beat, um, is it doable? I don't know. I don't know if RE4 is a is just an IP as a game in general can really hit those survival horror highs that that two has for me. But I love the original, obviously. You know, I I'm kind of feeling this real uh, inkling to play survival horror games right now. I'm, I I want to pick up Callisto Protocol, even though I'm hearing mixed reviews. Dead Space Remake looks really good. Like I've seen a few uh, making out videos, um, and and again they they didn't just reskin it. They went back and they uh, changed some stuff. They gave uh, uh, the main character dialogue. They they reworked. <gasps> what Isaac speaks? Isaac speaks. They reworked the story slightly. Like they they changed it a bit, and it looks I think better for it. So I'm curious to see if it's uh, they're pushing hard with the uh, with like the the press for it right now so i'm curious to see if it'll actually pay off i hope so man do you so did did uh callisto protocol like rush to beat its release that's the the common thread i think a lot of people are saying that because uh so for those uninformed callisto protocol from uh creator of dead space glenn schofield he was the creative director of dead space or maybe the director um either way he was heavily involved with dead space like one of the co i think co-creator or something like that uh he was the guy who did all the promotion for it like really awesome the guy to listen to on either some youtube videos of him talking about how dead space was made they splintered off they he made his own studio because uh dead space was dead in the water <laughs> after um number three like they just fucked off with that franchise so capcom didn't know what to do uh anyway is it capcom for dead space i don't think it is it's uh, see, I think they got picked up, right? Like they were another, uh, another company originally made them, and I think they got picked up. Either way, uh, Dead Space was toast, and uh, this guy, uh, Glenn Schofield, he was working for uh, the same company that makes, uh, oddly enough, makes PUBG, which is I think called the PUBG Company or something like that. Oh, it was it was originally EA. Yeah. Okay. It was EA. Oh, okay. Well, then that explains a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> So the yeah so the company that makes it the, the publisher is Craft Crafton but I think they're like they're related to PUBG right like or or no Striking Distance Studios so originally developed as a game set uh, in PUBG Battlegrounds so oh. it actually uh, wasn't even intended to be its own IP initially but it obvi- it obviously became essentially a spiritual sequel to Dead Space in a lot of ways. Um, and yeah, it, I mean, I really think they rushed to get it out the door uh, from the sounds of it. It has a th- the biggest complaints are twofold. One was the performance, especially on PC, was uh, had a lot of issues. So uh, th- people were calling it like uh, the stutter protocol because. <laughs> It, oh no! It was like you'd be getting high frames, but it would still look like you were like janky and shit. So like everything was crazy, not not running well at all, not optimized well. It has um, de novo like anti theft, even though it's a single player game, so or anti piracy. So obviously there's like some issues with uh, running running it there. Um, yeah, so there's some some, some problems. Uh, the, uh, they also released it on. Um, last gen consoles so there's probably some issues there the the big complaint though had to do with uh, the gameplay in terms of combat so it has a dodge mechanic where instead of like hitting a button you hit the directional stick out to one direction and then you have to dodge again by hitting in the opposite direction 
it is very weird and apparently it's very unintuitive for most people and it, it, once you get it it's fine but it just doesn't feel like it was well thought out i guess and i think as a whole most people hate it so they feel like the the game is very much uh, on the rails and the combat is very awkward i guess oh okay it's like you're trying to like deke like you you know you you fake one way and then you you ultimately go the other way yes exactly exactly I get that via the input, but yeah, that's especially when if you have to make a split second dodge. It just it literally takes you twice as long to make a dodge. I think the big problem is it doesn't really matter which direction you press, so it doesn't feel like you're being it's that it's intuitive that like oh I see this guy's this arm swinging. It's just like press one direction then press the other, so it just feels like you're playing you're playing DDR on your controller, I guess, right? Like it doesn't it doesn't fit. That being said, apparently it's one of the best-looking games ever made, uh, which is interesting. I, I'm actually probably going to pick it up tomorrow. I saw a uh, used copy in town, so I was thinking of grabbing it. Oh, nice. Yeah, 2023 is wild. Uh, Leland, did you have a, a, a most anticipated? No, I'm just so out of out of the loop, honestly. <laughs> like I, I will suggest that you need to spend like a quarter of your new work week looking up modern stuff that's what i ask you to do prep for like catch up that's my my resolution i'm gonna be in it to win it in 2023 for for everything here well and one thing i want to you know bring up to listener and and to you guys but especially leland is like uh we said last year this is the year we get back into crazy about cardboard which has been the weakest segment for like two years now but i i need me some cardboard like, I really do want to play Rebellion, get into these new games. So, like, I, I want to commit to that. And hopefully now with the headspace and the the time space that you'll have, we'll be able to make that work. Yes, my board game resolution is to arrange a, a, gr- a monthly group board game night, at least once a month, anyways. Um... I also would love to play some more like TTRPGs, whether that's in person somehow or online or, or whatever. But yeah, I just want to devote more time to it, and let's f- just fucking do it. You just gotta, you just gotta fucking do it. Yeah. Let's fucking go, as they say in sports. This this year, um, because uh, you know, obviously things are in chaos at my place. Leland will have to actually have us over to play some games. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember the last time somebody other than me or Emma was at my place. <laughs> I last time last time I was over there was pr- I think pre-pandemic. What? No way. Come on. Pretty sure. Whoa, Jesus. That's For me, terrible. I think it's I think it's been about a year because pandemic. You know, I I took your second Yeti microphone, hooked it up to my work desk here, and we kind of went into a groove where. You know, it's just so easy to record, even though we're, you know, a five minute drive apart. It's so easy to record via Discord and Audacity that uh, we just kind of kept doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the My other thing I want for movies, uh, kind of, it's literally, there's a theme here just like to do more of it. But I want to see more things in theaters. Like I want to make it an event like we used to make it, right? Like, we used to go to the theaters all the time. And, yeah, we don't need to excessively go to the theater and see every single movie that comes out. Uh, we can certainly be more selective in our old age. But I just want to go more. I want to yeah. see you guys more and just experience more shit in the theater again and just make just make them events. Yeah. 
I'd like to see that in 2023 as a whole. Just make some new memories for sure. Yeah, I'd also like to see movies without like having really any preconceived notion of how if they're good or bad. Like just kind of avoid more reviews. And it's hard because there's so much out there now. But and just you know, it's so easy to throw on a YouTube video in the background, right? But that I think I feel I've some of the best experiences I've had is going into stuff blind. Like, especially, uh, you know, some of these horror movies. So, yeah, I'd like to do that a bit more, just with random films. Yeah, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head uh, there, Marty's new memories. Because, you know, privately, outside of the podcast, uh, you know, when we send you telegrams to hell and you send them back. You know, it's like we're, we're constantly rehashing pre-2020 stuff. And it's like, okay, we need to move on from these pandemic years now and just live our normal lives again as friends and I think, you know what if you're asking me like what what's what's the prediction what do i want to do for 2023 it's that it's like as close to 100 percent normalcy as we can i realize you know five months into the year ghost marty's gonna have a kid that's gonna change things for a bit but otherwise i think we can make it happen but i mean you guys are gonna you know see the kid like once or twice at some point you know before they're 20 so it'd be for nice sure. <laughs> oh yeah yeah, we we need your help rear your child. I don't want to be like, oh, listen, son or daughter. You used to have a uncle named Leland. He's out there somewhere. <laughs> le- 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 legend legend says he's still recording a podcast to this day. <laughs> if you look in a mirror at midnight and say his name five times, he appears. <laughs> He, he, if you say his name five times, he gives you shit for hoarding items and raft. <laughs> you can't hold on to the hinge when we haven't technology that yet. We gotta fucking research that stuff. <laughs> you know what, what? What I think is good is, unfortunately, with my other friends, you know, some of them have got married, had kids. They've either moved away or just like they're so fucking obsessed bricks. with the kids. What assholes. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's like they can do what they want. Or you break up with them. But they they lament about how things have changed, you know, with me still being like a single guy and having all this time on my hands. But I think, you know, Ghost Marty's the kind of guy that's going to make time. Despite having a kid, his friends are still going to be a priority. I can just sense that about you, so. Well, it's just about, it's just about both sides making compromises. And then both sides need to be motivated to make it work. That's all it fucking takes. Yeah. Yeah. I seem to remember a hot tub we were all in 15 years ago where we decided we were brothers, not friends. And That's right. <laughs> can't abandon your brother. Well, we also said we would combine all of our genetic code and make Thud son of T-Hud, but clearly you were diverting <laughs> from that plan. So. I said you could. <laughs> you know what I think? I think my brother put enough DNA in that hot tub for like the next 20 years. <laughs> I'm surprised we all didn't come out of it pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like Zoolander too. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't, you gave me mono, so I mean, at the end of the day, mm. like... Was it, or was it... I think this is a chicken and the egg uh, situation here. Whom gave whom mono first? You were sick first. Yeah, but you could have been, uh, you know, uh, not showing symptoms. I wasn't a like a fucking... I wasn't a daywalker. Like, what, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> the whole mono thing was hilarious i was like what do i do now pet nola my cat for six months well pretty much 
I mean, the mono wasn't so bad for me. It was the strep throw that came with it. Just yeah. fucking wrecked me. <laughs> oh, yeah. The best part of that was how suspicious it was to our job. Because neither of us were good with our, our record of showing up. No. <laughs> and and then, and so, it was, so at the time, Leland and I were working at a warehouse job. And uh, it was basically him, me, and one other guy. And... We, we would basically just pick days to not go in and just know that the other person would have to do twice as much work. Yeah. <laughs> and then suddenly for two weeks, Leland was off with mono. And the second he came back, I went off with mono. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure when I called in with that, they were just like, really? <laughs> yeah. You're, you're lucky that listener's dad ran that joint. You know what though? Like they were, they were so hard up for staff back there. When we said we were leaving, they gave us an immediate raise. I was like, that was the funniest thing ever. Uh, us at 18 years old thinking that we could be like, uh, like give us a raise or we're leaving. <laughs> and they were like, all right. Yeah, they said okay. <laughs> if if I may ask, like, was it like a couple bucks? If yeah, I, I think it was it a couple was. dollars. Yeah. And which is at the, you know, at that age was pretty. Oh, scary. yeah. It's a funny thing to think about, right? Like, I mean, that was that was when we started working there. The minimum wage was eight bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I think it literally bumped us like wow. 10 something. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's wild. Which you'd, you'd have to work three of those same jobs <laughs> to, to build, pay your bills now. Dude, I've I had paychecks from that job that wouldn't cover my grocery bill for like personally for a month at times <laughs> it's it's wild uh well we're not there anymore so we're okay huzzah oh I'll, i'm sure i'll be there uh you know after a year of not working <laughs> i'm sure i'll be back oh, i'll no. get back there <laughs> well you know what i won't let that happen i will help you build your podcast brand because one day i hope to join it if it gets actually <laughs> really big as much as i like my job I'd love a job where I can lay in bed until 2 p.m. Get out podcast for a couple hours. Go back to <laughs> go bed. Right back there to we go. bed. <laughs> Is it, what isn't that your job already? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're there. You're there, buddy. You're already living the dream. <laughs> Marty living the dream, buddy. Marty living the dream. But uh, I don't have anything else. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's wrap it up. Let's end of the show stuff here. Our website, ttpopcast.com, where you find our show notes, uh, old, old written material, which I suppose I'll have no excuse but to get back into doing something for that again. Uh, <laughs> uh, the TED Popcast on Facebook, which Moby manages the page, TT Popcast on Instagram. I'm Leland underscore Steel uh, on Twitter, and that is who I've been. I am Moby, and I just want to say, listener, I really do appreciate you listening in uh, 2022. Um, it's been kind of an up and down year, but uh, we definitely had some great guests and some good content, I believe. So appreciate you sticking with us if you're still here after all this time. I've been Moby. Yeah, uh, I have nothing to promote as always, and uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm just glad to be here. It's fun to come back once in a while, say hi, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like when we're riffing good, it's always a really good time. So yeah, yeah, it's fun. Happy to be on, and yeah, we definitely gotta get some get some more stuff in. When we sense you in, you're a natural. It's like you've never stopped. So we'll keep you coming back, you know, bare minimum once a year, probably two, three times like we have been. So uh, we appreciate you coming back. And, yep. 
And with that, I'll, you know, as we say on to you back, hopefully Leland has a song to say on to you back. Oh. I will say, take care, listener. Thanks, listener. Bye-bye. <laughs>